Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Well, uh, this is Scott Schimmel. I'm the host of the Youth School Podcast, and today I've got the Call him the Indiana Jones slash James Bond of change and transformation. I say that because I don't, I don't know what he does. I just know that he's yeah. in the world and kicking down doors. <laughs> no, not, not too many if I don't have to, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know. Or doors are kicking down to find you. Oh, uh, gosh. Michael and I really have just a social media relationship, which I know if you're listening, you're familiar with. We, um, I certainly have a uh, Instagram crush on him and, and reached out a few weeks ago and he was polite enough to say yes to this, uh, at least to this conversation. We'll see. This might yeah. be the end of our relationship. <laughs> if you still want to talk to me when we're done, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay with early. walking away. <laughs> Michael, uh, I don't really give a lot of intros for folks on the podcast because I'd rather hear from your perspective. Yeah. yeah, no, honestly, I mean, people are like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm trying to help leaders create environments where their followers don't hate their lives. Mm. You know, and so, and so that's kind of the key for me is that I've discovered that at the end of the day, it's leadership that actually has the greatest impact, whether it's organizations, schools, companies. Um, I think there was, a, there was a survey a number of years ago that um, it said uh, people were asked the individual that had the single greatest impact on their overall well-being. Uh, I think it's Gallup's book, Well-Being, and they said 67% of Americans at the time said the person with the greatest impact on their overall well-being other than their spouse or partner was their team leader. And so, and so if you realize that as a person who leads or as a person who's an individual and you want to lead, there's a burden that comes with going, okay, wait a minute, there are people looking to me and I actually have power to impact their overall lives. And so whether you're somebody who doesn't see themselves as a leader yet, or someone who is a de facto leader in their family, you have a lot of influence. Mm -hmm. And so I used to work with groups, but now kind of just leaders in general, anywhere you go. And online people, some people will know me more as a strengths finder guy. I did. Okay. I'm a Clifton Strengths Finder consultant. I've used it for years, and I can talk a lot about the instruments, the mm-hmm. um, Clifton Strengths Finder. But that is just language to help yeah. people describe what they naturally. I'm not overly, I'm not a, I'm not overly focused on that as much as right. I can use it. But that's not my main thing. Yeah. So, so yeah. you, in in the context of this, the theme that we have this month is around change. Yeah. The idea that change right. happens. So I think that's yeah. that's the main reason I reach out to you because you're a guy that instigates change and helps people process change. And uh, we were just talking before this started about how uh, change will happen to you and uh, fundamentally can, um, if uh, certain events happen in your life, traumatic events, uh, you will change. Um, So so how do you, how do you facilitate change? What, well, I mean, I I think I always, I always laugh because people will say, well, how do you, you know, how do you facilitate or embrace it? I'm like, the reality is change is happening all the time. Yeah. Like there's almost, and there's very little control on it. Every day I'm a little older than I was the day before. Yep. Work changes, environment, politics, government, you name it. The problem is there was, there was an author by the name of William Bridges in the 90s who wrote a great book called Transitions. And I love his concept, which is change is guaranteed, hmm. transition is not. Hmm. And so that change happens as far as in the world goes. Yeah. Um, and so our biggest problem isn't that we have to go, oh gosh, I wonder if the world will change. It's the ability to say, how do I mentally transition? Huh. Now, transition is the letting go of a previous reality 
yeah. to embrace a new reality. Yeah. And so a lot of times our struggle with change isn't that the change occurred, it's that we mentally don't know how to let go of who we were in a previous setting to embrace that in a new setting. Okay. And wow. that's the gap. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, that makes sense. We just got deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know me, I'll go from like, you know, I, I can go from like, you know, losing your mind in one moment to talking yeah. about like that mental stuff on the other. So, but I think it's really true. I, have you ever, if you've ever led a team or been at work with somebody yeah. and you're in a meeting with a boss and the boss says something that seems fairly benign and like one person in the group suddenly like trips out. They're like, huh. I can't yeah. believe you said that. Why are you yeah. asking it? all personal like they're being attacked? And the rest of you are going, that doesn't seem right. Like that seems mm -hmm. out of character and over. Mm -hmm. What I'm finding in my work over the years is that individual, what we don't know is they're reacting to the boss, mm. but they're not actually reacting to that boss. They're reacting to three bosses before. Yeah. Yeah. Usually yeah. they have a past history where they've worked with somebody who belittled them, put them down or something. And yep. something the new boss says triggers them. Okay. And so they react crazy. Well, what's happened is they've changed bosses over the years. But they never transitioned. Yeah. They're going, I'm not working for that same person. So like I was saying, there's times where we react and mm -hmm. we don't realize the people in our life have changed, but we haven't transitioned. We're still reacting to old people's, to other people's behaviors. And what do you call that? What do you call that? Like yeah, unprocessed uh, emotion? Uh, yeah, pain? I think uh, for me, it's, I mean, I think there's pain, but the pain, the pain usually stems from um, things you haven't let go of. So I would say untransitioned change, okay. for lack of a better phrase. Okay. And so that's, that's actually part of the challenge is that, is that pain is occurring. You know, someone once said frustration is you trying to tell the world you, that it should be different than it actually is. Um, huh. Say that again. Frustration, is, the, frustration okay. is your mind trying to tell you that the world should be different than it actually is. Hmm. And so it's our inability to actually embrace the fact that the world is what it is we mm. are where we are our inability to accept it deal with it or even process it usually yeah. is a source of pain for us so in terms of steps you yeah become aware of that first i'm guessing well i mean so i'm not gonna you know i guess when it, when it comes to clients i work with and again so my clients are kind of all over the board from yeah. everything from teachers and executives to like ceos of very well-known companies that I can't talk about to athletes. Mm -hmm. I do work in Afghanistan. I do some advising to the Afghan government mm -hmm. through a contract <laughs> through the British embassy. No lie. That's I told you it's the James Bond. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. Oh, like, so yes, yeah, so I'm in Afghanistan every six weeks, but even there, like we're dealing with um, government constantly in transition and we're dealing with new initiatives and new projects and politics and all those other items. And so one of the things I use is the very, you know, I think it was Bridges. It was his very simple model of that my focus can't be on how do I embrace change or spot change as much as do I have the tools it takes to manage the transition? Okay. Do I have the, do I know? And so, and so there's kind of three quick beats when it comes to you being able to manage transition. Um, when change occurs, typically human beings jump first thing and you hear it all the time in companies. When change happens, if you're a leader or, you know, or if you're trying to convince yourself that a change is a good thing, your first comment is almost always, well, this is going to be great. Hmm. You know, I know it's not good, but it's going to be great. And so we sell, and here's the phrase, we sell the new beginning. When it comes to change, our first thought to try to transition ourselves is to go, 
well, the new beginning that we're about to step into, that this changed moment is going to be awesome. It's huh. going to be great. Unfortunately, that is actually the last stage of transition. Ooh. Whoops. The first part for the, the horse. First stage, yeah, the first stage of transition is actually the first stage is actually the end. Hmm. And so the only way to embrace to embrace uh, change is to step into step one of transition, which is the end. Now you hmm. have to embrace the fact that things end. Yes. Um, but endings, we, you know, as human beings, we hate endings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we think we think that if something ended, it wasn't planned well enough, or if something didn't work out. It's because we didn't, um, we didn't put enough effort into it, or we didn't try. Yeah. We seem to ignore the fact that everything dies, everything yeah. ends, seasons change, and so we avoid this idea of endings. But it's how critical you, for transition. Well, how do you properly embrace the end? What does that? Yeah, mean? I think. Yeah, so I think we have to use the model of. Um, we have to use the model in some ways. My friend always says of a good Irish, of a good Irish wake and an Irish funeral. <laughs> okay. Um, and they're Irish. Um, they're actually from Ireland. And he's like, when something ends for us, we throw a wake and we throw a funeral. I'm like, that's a different concept today. We don't talk about that very much. Right. But the idea of the wake was the celebration. Is that mm. when a person passed away, immediately after they passed away, before there was any burial, you mm. threw a party. Wow. Like you celebrated everything that mattered. Wow. In transition for us, when things change or things end, you know, you know, not to get way too pop culture, but yeah. it's Ariana Grande's song of "Thank You Next," right? <laughs> on some yeah. level, on some level, it is the thank you. Like many, too many times, we don't like things that end, and so we just run from them instead mm -hmm. of going, you know what? Wait, let me catalog everything that was positive. Mm -hmm. What were the good things? What were the benefits? What were the positive pieces? What were these? You know, this mattered. This was important. This was great, and mm -hmm. you celebrate it. You yeah. talk about it. You think of it with affirmation, wow. but then you also grieve. Hmm. You have the funeral. You're like, you know what? This sucks. This hurts. Yeah. I don't like it. You don't bury it. You don't pretend it's not there. You put as hmm. many words as possible. So if step one the feelings. is the end, you got to feel it, right? Hmm. You got to let those feelings in there. And in fact, I tell people to make lists. Hmm. I tell people to make playlists. I tell people to find a person and tell them in advance. I just need to tell you how much something sucks. I just need you to listen and repeat back to me. You're right. That sucks. Mm. Wow. <laughs> just to get through because you will instant because it's the lack of ending. Yeah. It, it, it leaves that thing still alive. It leaves that yes. change still lingering. And you know, there's something when you bury something, when you finally say goodbye to it, you know, it's done. But if you don't, your mind kind of wonders, well, did I leave it? And it's really not dead. Maybe I should go back. Maybe yeah. I should instead of going, let me celebrate it. Let me mourn it and then let me leave it. You yes. have to almost memorialize it. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And so I think the end, you know, if we are lucky enough to kind of do the end as a step one of like transition and managing change, we want to go instantly then, okay, great. I put that to bed. Now I want to be blissfully happy in this new reality mm -hmm. or I want all the benefits that my boss or team promised when they told me this is going to change and I want to just be at the new beginning. The problem is, is that the second step isn't the new beginning, it's the uncertain middle. Okay. And so after you do end things, you know, you're not where you were, but you're not where you're gonna be. Yes, you're in between, purgatory. You're in between, yeah. You're basically in purgatory. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, at this point, the biggest challenge at this point is, you're like, well, wait a minute, like, well, how do I get to that new beginning faster? And it's, 
I had somebody describe it one time. It's a lot like being on a boat and in the middle of a really large lake. And so imagine the boat capsizes mm. and you're between both shores, mm. you know, well, or our first, our first thought is, well, I should pedal fat. I should, I just got to swim. I got to swim to the right shore. Yep. Hustle. I got to hustle. And so I got to work harder. You know, I can just get to that new beginning if I just double down. Yeah. When in reality, the majority of people in capsized boats, as they say, don't drown because of the boat huh. capsized. They drown because they try to swim to something. Ooh. Interesting. Like, the key in the middle, on the uncertain middle in that moment, yeah. is to basically go, look, be kind to yourself. Hmm. Hold on. Hold, yeah, be in it. Stay afloat. Grab hold of whatever you can to stay afloat. Hmm. Tread water. Don't try. I mean, you're not where you are. There's currents in life. It's yeah. going to carry you if you can. But we It'll will pick instead. Up. Yeah, we'll get burned out. Instead, yeah. we'll try to go, we should dive in. No, breathe. You, yeah. just, you just ended something. You're hoping for a new beginning right now. Take a breath. I know there's a, there's a Buddhist question in meditation. Where are your feet? Uh, to remember where you are. And it's yeah. a way to come into presence. Like, where are your feet? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm neither here yeah. nor there. <laughs> I'm in the middle. <laughs> you're in, and you're in the middle. And knowing, but even knowing that, okay, where are my feet? I'm here. I'm in the middle. Yeah. You know, you can tell. I always tell people, they're like, well, I've passed that. The number of people mm, mm-hmm. who will be in transition clients are like, well, yeah, I was there, but I'm starting to feel the new beginning. Yeah. The fact that you're telling me that tells me that you actually aren't there. <laughs> That's a sign. <laughs> That's a sign. Yeah. Because the new beginning, to you, the, new beginning is, the new beginning is actually going to like sneak up on you. Yeah. It's actually not, like, you'll be in the new beginning for a few weeks and then you'll be like, oh, crap, I'm in the new beginning. How did I know? Yeah. In the middle. I always say, you know, you've reached that uncertain middle when you desperately long for the old days. Mm. <laughs> when, when as good as the change was, as happy as you think you are, if your mind starts going, well, at least I knew where that was. At least I knew what my feet yeah, were yeah. back there, you know, and you know, you were miserable, you know, it was whatever. <laughs> and you're like, I just wish I, and you start to contemplate going back. That's yeah. when you know you've reached the middle wow. because you're not quite close enough to that new beginning. So, but here's the thing, embrace that. Yeah. You wanting to go back to that old relationship, that old pattern, that old habit, isn't, doesn't mean you're crazy. It actually means that you're normal and your brain knows mm-hmm. you're in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a sign of being healthy. That's being not a sign healthy. of being nuts. <laughs> it sounds like the high school senior who just graduated and it's July <laughs> and college hasn't started. <laughs> And you're just like, I hate school. I'm so done with school. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I miss my friends. <laughs> I miss right. lunch. Now I'm nervous. Right. I'm scared because I don't know what college is going to look like next month. Yeah. But you're like, but, but you're optimistic, you know, and, yeah. and you're like, oh, it's going to be great. But then you're like, yeah, no. Oh, gosh. And I mean, you know, just remember that first, that first summer, let's say, yep. you know, you graduate college and you're, you're lucky enough in these days yeah. to find a job right out of college. <laughs> There's nothing like that first that first end of June when you realize you're still working. Like summer break is done. <laughs> really no more summer ever. You, you want to start your career or whatever and you're like, I'll never be that happy again. You know? <laughs> I do like, it. Joy goes to die. This is where joy goes to die. It's called life. <laughs> but you're in the middle and that's the hard part is that, is that your mind longs for the old days. Yeah. Well, it just sounds to me like a storm. You don't know what to expect. One moment you might be optimistic and hopeful the next yeah. minute, sad next minute you're remembering the past. Yeah. 
then you're angry. Yeah. Just so just embrace it. Be in it. Yeah. And there's, but here's the thing we're talking about managing, you know, change and trying to yeah. deal with how to transition. And so it can sound like, well, here's the negatives. Okay. And here's how you survive change. Right. But, but, but the other thing is to realize that, you know, with the end, when I'm talking to people, here's how you have a wake and a funeral. Here's how you mark mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. when change comes. I often tell them there's no better moment than to add things to that list. Mm. Like there may be things that have ended, but you actually are like, you know what? This pivot moment is a really good time for me to say, mm. I don't do X anymore. Yeah. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Declarative. So yeah. Leverage that. Yeah. Yep. So you can actually make it a positive and use it. Same thing in the middle. Yeah. Mm. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's confusing. And it feels a little scary to be in the two, but you know what they'll talk about in this middle, you mm. will never be more creative than you are at this moment. Hmm. They say, um, think about when a, you know, if, if you and I are on the back of a boat in on a lake or something and you're like, Hey Mike, I'm going to toss you off this boat. I'll be back for you in an hour. And I'm like, well, I need a life jacket. And you're like, <laughs> here, have this, have this chair. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's clearly a chair. That's not yeah. a life. Preserver. Yeah. Right. I'm like, no, dude, I demand a life jacket. But if that boat had capsized hmm. and we're trying to stay afloat, yeah, I would grab, you suddenly grab hold of figure it out to figure it out mm-hmm. and you repurpose things because the curse of knowledge, mm-hmm. that element of no, this only works for this. And this only works for this is wiped away by the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And so for some of us, we need to go, yes, this is a challenge. Stay afloat and be kind, but also I can be really open. I can be yeah. creative. I can think about my life totally different. Wow. So it's an opportunity. Yeah. Totally an opportunity. All right, step three. Yeah, and then once you basically, you know, if you once you kind of stay afloat and you've kind of gotten good at treading water, you'll find that a current, before you realize it, has flopped you up on the shore of a new <laughs> And so you're basically going to kind of crawl up out of the sand, like something out of a movie. Yeah. Um, and at this point, what you want to do is you'll start to feel habits. You'll wake up and you'll realize mm-hmm. every day has less stress than the day before. There's less uncertainty there was. And so the minute you can start to go of the new thing, these are new. You basically turn your brain on to go, what are my patterns? Mm. Because what are the good patterns? Okay. And because you want to make sure you don't over codify or like set in stone any new pattern. It's too much. You know what? Yeah. Uh, This change happened. This new thing is this a new way of being and everything from relationships to Mm. jobs. You know what? You're like, I find myself doing this. Mm -hmm. Is that a pattern I want to keep? Yes or no. Mm. And the ones you do, you keep two or three. You start yeah. to really small and you basically go, this is how I am in this new environment. This is how I am in this new reality. Yeah. And you're, at that point, you're orienting to your surroundings, right? You're, yeah. you're smelling yeah. things, t- testing things. Am I safe here? Am I okay here? And you're becoming a little bit more deactivated so you can be more yourself. Yeah. And it's, a, it's basically a continuation of what you said about the uncertain middle is yeah. that it's another form of being present. Yeah. And now you're simply being present and additionally, but now you're saying, and the pre- the present reality of me, I want to be even more intentional. And so the new beginning is when I start to say, okay, I have this ability and I'm going to be intentional about this. Yeah. I'm not going to put up with X. I'm going to speak up in meetings more. I'm going to volunteer mm-hmm. more. I see myself being free to do that. I'm going to. And so the new beginning, which is where we want to get to every time there's change, yeah. is the benefits of the new beginning. The last step's about intentionality. What do you mean? It's the being, being, it's about being intentional. Gotcha. It's about yep. going, yep. Okay, yep. I see what I can do now in this new world, 
and I'm not going to just do it by accident. I'm going to choose to engage, be intentional. Yeah. So you, you mentioned you've worked with schools and teachers, and that's yeah. certainly a work we're doing now. And really, it's about helping schools change, change their culture, change yeah. their focus to be much more um, uh, empathetic towards students, creating space inside the classroom during the school day to help students process their internal lives. And so um, yeah. school's a massively complex system. I can't imagine right. a more complex organization perhaps than maybe a church because <laughs> you have yeah, right. so many different stakeholders with so many different right. levels of experience in that organization. Some folks have been there for 40 years. Some have been there for three weeks. Yeah. You have support staff, you have students, you have volunteers, but everyone really cares. Everyone really, really cares yeah. inside of a school. And so right. how, if you were to run this, you know, uh, these three steps from a yep. change perspective to a school, how, how do you, how do you see that working well? Yeah, a couple of things to keep in mind. Um, so a teacher at that moment is, is you know, for our teas as an example, yeah. they're our leader, right? They're, and so yeah. their job is they're facilitating, let's imagine they're facilitating change in a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of things for a leader to understand is that you, know, you have to understand that as a leader, you will always be one or three steps ahead of anybody that you're leading a change in this model. Because yeah. by, the, by the nature of your role, you have you have had advance notice even if it was only a day or more so yeah. your brain has already tried to start ending has tried to start mm -hmm. grieving and celebrating and all of that mm -hmm. and so what you have to recognize is that when you're leading your group of people they will not be where you are and at times that can push your own button mm. of, i wish they were closer how come they're not getting it as fast i've said yeah. that ignoring the fact that for <laughs> you you've had more advanced time yeah that's great so slow down <laughs> Just slow down and be aware of they will, they will always, because you're the leader, you will always be ahead of them. So if you have an expectation of, oh, yeah, we're all together at the new beginning now. Mm -hmm. uh, no, actually, mm -hmm. you are likely going to get there first, no matter what. So one, be aware of where you are in your own transition. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then be aware of that. Second thing, too, like for each stage, like for the end, if you're leading someone to the end, key element right away is that. Um, do not be afraid of people expressing their feelings mm. because what can happen is for leaders who are leading change, they themselves have sometimes are ambivalent about it. And they're like, man, I don't know um, if this is a good idea or not. I'm concerned, but I better just yes. follow. Yep. So then when they hear complaint, yeah. they don't want to stifle it because yes. like we, we can't have any, you it have to be so, so threatening. Confident. Yeah. Yes. Got to get on board. Yeah. Yeah. How do I get them on board? Cause communication sounds like it's negative and it could be, Look, the reality is um, you have to be so confident. You're like, hmm. you're going to have feelings, class. Yes. Hey, well, I don't like this. That's okay. I can see why that would be true. Yes, I hear you. Like, I understand that. I, you have to be fully, you have to feel confident enough that, you hmm. know what? This is a decision that's been made that it's okay. Mm -hmm. Somebody else doesn't agree. Their feelings are real. Mm -hmm. Let them express them why. Let me pause for a second there because one of the things we are asking teachers to do and picture an AP bio teacher. Uh, we're asking that teacher to take about 10 to 15 minutes per week out of what they would normally do with their classroom and yeah. engage in deep, thoughtful conversation. And so yeah. what I hear often is, okay, and we're asking the teacher to share first. So we're trying to shift this classroom, change the classroom. So it's not just agenda driven. It's not just transactional. It's not just information. It's human. Yeah. And so we asked the teacher to share a personal story about this particular topic. It could be about failure. It could be about a time you uh, lost yep. something. It could be uh, anything. 
And what we hear then is the teacher comes back and says, you know, it was like crickets. I share and then there's nothing. And so yeah. what, what I hear, so the, the pushback is, no, no, be confident that this is the right direction that you're headed. That yeah. being more human, interacting with your students, but they're, yeah. they're sh- the, sh- the feelings that they're sharing right now is actually, they're just kind of freezing. They're not sure what to do with you. They're not right. saying, hey, this is uncomfortable. They're not raising their hand and saying, I don't like when you share. They're actually expressing their discomfort by their quiet, by their face. So let, yeah. them, let them be like that for a little bit. And even, here's the thing, even AP Bio teacher, right? They have likely at that moment, before that 10 minute mo- window, have thought, I'm going to share personally. What yes. story am I going to share? Yeah. How am I going to share? That's right. How do I feel about sharing? Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm saying, they have done all this work, yeah. suddenly speak, and they speak and they stop. You have a student sitting there who has no idea. <laughs> suddenly just heard a story and a teacher goes, okay, now you do the exact so same thing. And the teacher probably imagined having this really cathartic Robin Williams, (laughs) oh, captain, my captain moment. And then that's a lot of disappointment (laughs) when there's just faces. And it's, but here's the thing. It's not, and it's not like the teachers, it's not like the students don't even want to, it's not like they didn't prep, but they were provided none of the, of what the, of what the teacher had in that moment. And so of course they're not going to show up the same. Hmm. They haven't processed. They haven't thought they haven't engaged. And so, there's a, there's an element of there's an element especially in a classroom setting too i would say when it comes to expression when it comes to engaging you know validate people's feelings yep. but also then right it's for me it's a think pair share yeah totally right? it's yeah. you know it's think it's like hey you know let's talk about fear like is anybody does, any, does anybody have a challenge or are they afraid or what do they get concerned about when it comes to test comes to test taking or we're talking about this like what's that look like yeah think write five bullets on a piece of paper, yeah. talk to your neighbor yeah. and let's get three people to share yeah. because you can't go from mass sharing totally. to, you can't, to that. You've got to, you got to break into smaller elements so that it breaks the room up and fully reckon. And as a teacher too, in that moment, I would say recognize that their lack of response is not a vote on your value. Yeah. Be aware of the interpretation you're making on that, on their feedback. Yeah. And that's, that's something I've been trying to say lately is, um, well, what about the student feedback? And I say, I take that with, I take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> it tells me more about the students than it does the teacher. Yeah, to be that's right. <laughs> I mean, when I'm, I mean, as a guy who uses Clifton Strengths and other, I'm a real strengths-based or natural talents-based approach. One of the things I tell clients a lot is, you have to remember that it's not about me. And they're like, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, many times we use other people's response to us as a vote on our value. So I say, have you ever been in a meeting where you and someone else have the exact same piece of data and come to opposite conclusions. Yeah. Well, the first thing in our head is it, you know, if you're like me is, well, you know, one of us is wrong and it's not me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My second thought is Scott doesn't appreciate me or value me mm-hmm. because if you did, you'd agree with me. Yeah. Well, yeah. or you would do what I do. And so suddenly I'm deciding your response is about how much yeah. you like value or appreciate me now realizing that your response has almost nothing to do with me. Right. I could swap me out for 14 other people. Your brain, <laughs> your brain will pick the response that best fits your dominant patterns of thought, feeling, and behavior every it'll time. Stay there. It'll stick with and that. It'll stick, it'll stick there. And so the more students are like the teacher and they're mm-hmm. outgoing and talkative or whatever, mm-hmm. the more they're going to rate them high. Yeah. The, the, more, the less the student processes information, makes priorities the same way, expresses yeah. their feelings the same way, the more they go, oh, this teacher doesn't really understand me. I don't like the teaching style. Yeah. 
And, yeah. and so in this moment of saying, I'm going to be a teacher who's going to lead at these moments of awareness, I'm going to do whatever, you've got to be confident of this is how I present. I give them space to be them and it's okay. I'm not doing it wrong. They're not yeah. doing it wrong. Keep We're going. trying to meet in the middle. Yeah. yeah. And adapt and listen. Yeah. And so I think that's the, and so in, when you're, so if you're leading through this and you're thinking, okay, one, be aware of feelings, be open to them, be mm -hmm. aware that you, that you have to be the model of that. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the uncertain middle, as far as a classroom teacher, that space, you have to express confidence that it's all going to be okay. Hmm. You have to foster the, well, it's okay to try things different. Um, yeah. You're the one who says, I can offer suggestions and ideas and even, and even kind of relinquish the reins. Um, also, I'm aware of the pace. If we're going to transition to something pretty big, I'm aware of how hard I'm pushing them. Yeah. Because again, this is about, you know, be patient, be kind. Give it a tread few. water to stay afloat. Yeah. Don't yep. give up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Don't just drown. Yep. <laughs> and, so, and so for the last phase as a, as a team leader mm -hmm. in the end is that it's about being the mirror. Is that because a lot mm -hmm. of times people have, have kind of like, again, flopped up on the shore of the new beginning. They don't actually know they're starting to see the benefits of it. They don't already, they don't see their improvements. And so the leader's role in that moment is to hold them a mirror and say, hey, do you guys realize, man, compared to where you were four months ago, yeah. you guys are doing this and this and this and this because they're so close to the change that they have embraced now. Yeah. They don't see the results. And so you're, at that moment, you get to be the leader who celebrates and helps them value this transition they've made. Which can be difficult. It might feel like you're... <laughs> I don't know, letting go of something because you're not there yet. The, the little tiny baby steps, the little tiny improvements. If you're yeah. the leader, you're thinking, this is nothing. We're not even close to being there yet. And, and likely, if you're like me, you're probably a little bit frustrated. It's not going faster. But what you're yeah. saying is, I don't know, change is happening. And, and unless you point it out, yeah. create the space to identify it, um, if you skip that step, you actually won't build momentum. Yeah, because the change is occurring no matter what. The trick is whether or not you can find the value in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not a matter of creating change. It's like, no, change is always happening. Mm -hmm. it's, it's how do you find, how do you extract value and how do you connect these valuable moments? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's always occurring. Like, we have very little control over. Even the attempt of change actually does something. The problem is, is that how do you, over the long term, like, <clears throat> I worked in drug rehab um, right out of college with convicted hmm. juvenile felons in Northern California. Hmm. And I remember you know, when I was interviewing for the job and they were like, hey, so just so you know, our, our, our basically our clients, we'd call them, were 13 to 19. Um, they'd be convicted of a major felony and they could serve out their time in, a, in, our, in like one of our three homes okay. in the drug treatment. So it's basically a placement, okay. drug treatment. And we'd you know, do drug treatment with them as yeah. they, their lives and go to school, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I remember the um, HR person saying to me, we have a 99% relapse rate. Whoa. They're like, they're like juveniles entering drug treatment before the age of 19, having extremely high relapse rate. Are yeah. you okay with that? Huh. I'm like, what do you mean? Of course I am. And she's like, no, 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 no. You're going to pour your life at basically as a parent, 24 yeah. hours a day for four days a week into these kids. And just so you know, they're not, you know, they're 99% chance likely to go back out. Wow. And I was like, and I'm like, well, how do you guys manage that? And I remember talking to somebody there. Eventually I took the job and mm. she's like, I live in today. She's like, right now, right now, Elias lives with me at that moment, I hate to mm -hmm. say, and Elias is, he had breakfast, mm -hmm. he was in school, he was clean, yeah. he had structure, he was told he was loved, 
And when he goes to bed at night, he'll sleep in a warm bed. Hmm. And tomorrow he may be on the street. He may be gone. He may have run. He may have left. But tonight, wow. he's clean. Sober. And he's like, he's like, I'm trying to string together as many days of wow. healthy, clean, sober, warm, and fed as I can. And then when he re- relapses, and eventually we try to get him back, hopefully, yeah. or something bad happens, yeah. I want to string together as many of those days as I can. Hmm. And so there's teachers who need to realize that, yes, you're right. In a world of teach to the test and all the pressures and stress yeah. Yeah. and the things put on it, there's an element of, but also don't forget, right now, they're in your classroom. Huh. They're feeling heard. Yeah. They're being told that they matter. They're being asked to engage with something they think about and feel, and they're not going to be judged for it if it's yeah. done well. So and good. you want to string together as many of those days as possible. Stay present. Yeah. So good. M- Mike, we can talk forever. I know that. And we, have real, <laughs> we hang up here. Um, one last question, just because I'm my curiosity. Well, a couple things. Yeah. One is um, for you personally, is there something that you're changing right now? Is there something, is there a change that you're working on, a transition that you're going through? You know, I think for me in the transition component, it's this realization of, I mentally have to constantly manage myself to go to manage the importance of feeling understood. You know, mm-hmm. it's like as a person, one of my strengths finding things is communication, which means I like to express in case you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> in the midst, in the midst of all of this, like I can find that I devalue moments when I'm not understood. Mm-hmm. And so there's times when even look what we're talking about now, I, I work in, I work in fragile and com- what we call fragile and conflict affected environments around the world. Um, I've been working in Afghanistan for about um, eight years. Um, I I have a nonprofit and project my own projects in Plateau State in Nigeria. Um, I've got some other stuff going around besides my coaching and consulting. And so these are environments where things don't work well, and you can work and work and work, and then one leader makes a decision and the whole thing blows up. And and I keep trying to explain to people, and they look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And there's times when for me I'm having to go, you know what value it's the transition of going value is not found in the understanding of others always. Right. Right. And so for me having to go, okay, what is the element of truth? Okay. Mike, you've been doing this a long time. You've been doing these pieces. People don't always get it. It doesn't always work perfect. So what, but how do I, how do I kind of transition my, the tool I use all the time, which is understanding. Sometimes I misuse that tool Hmm. and I let it get frustrated. So I'm trying to transition how I use, my strengths and talents because things that would serve me well at one point yeah. don't necessarily serve me later. And so, Hey, my ability to speak is what got me in all these places. Yeah. But now my feeling of being misunderstood, which is from the same, yes, talent, the same drive is actually taking me out. Hmm. Oh gosh, maybe it's not worth doing because people don't get it. Yeah. And so I'm having to work through, okay, Mike, you have a collection of tools that you had since you were 20 because your brain kind of locked in at 2022. 20, yeah. Like, how do you constantly repurpose these tools? And huh. so for me, approaching 45, I'm going, I don't want to be somebody who's stuck. Hmm. I want to make sure that I'm reusing these tools. There's a great book called Originals by Adam Grant. Oh, yeah. And he's talking about how too many times most um, innovation occurs before the age of 45. Hmm. And it's like Einstein, you know, theory of relativity changes the world and how we see it. And then he completely dismisses quantum physics afterwards oh, really? <laughs> missing the missing the evolution of it because like it's a shift yeah and how his brain like, and so and so they're talking but he was talking grant was talking in this book about unlike robert frost the famous poet mm-hmm. who wrote the virgin of yellow wood um frost actually wrote his greatest works 
in his 40s and 60s. Hmm. But he had this ability to test. He had this ability of, of the test reveals things and trying it and prototyping. Yeah. And so to your question, I think for me, really wanting to go, Mike, you have talents and abilities that have helped build a company and helped impact the world. Yeah. Don't just get stuck that because they've worked before, they will always work. Hmm. How do you repurpose them and find new uses? And yeah. that's a difficult maneuver. Yes. I'm trying, Great. but that means I have to grieve and mourn, right? I have to do yeah. <laughs> right. like celebrate and set and be sad, you know? So yeah. that's me. How, what's the best way to either stay up to date <laughs> with where you are in the world or get in touch? Yeah, honestly. So, um, so if you get most people, honestly, Instagram is a good way to get hold of me. Michael underscore Daphne, um, on Instagram there. And also Michael Daphne.com. Um, there's a couple of videos, pieces, there's some new blogs going up, but honestly, I, I personally respond to all the emails that go through there. Cool. So if you're just like, Hey, like, you know, you reached me through that, yeah. um, shoot me an email message and you'll hear from me. So, and honestly, if people just have questions, they're like, man, I heard this, like, where should I go? What do you think I should do about, yeah. I'll, I'll respond. I'm, I'm happy to do it. If I can't, I'll tell you, I own me. So I'll, I'll manage my own world, but right. like, <laughs> don't worry. Know, I'm like, ask, I'm gonna just ask. <laughs> if I can't do it, I'll say, I can't do it, but can't here's it. where I would go, you know? So. Well, I'll Michael be sure to have all that in the show notes for sure. And, uh, and I'm, you know, thank you for being a part of this and, and may this be the, the seed of a great friendship in the future. Definitely. Just I, think so. I hope so. I hope so. Thanks a lot, Mike. Blessings to all you do. You too. Thanks, Scott. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Use School podcast. We wanted to let you know that we have a new free mini course that's available for you. It's called the Real Me Course. It's available on our website. Go to theuschool.com forward slash register. Create an account and you'll see the Real Me course available for you for free. Within three quick exercises, you can get clear about your identity, about who you are, and what matters to you. Let us guide you through video and through interactive prompts for you to figure out and get clear about your real story. So go to theuschool.com and thanks for joining us today.